One, two, three. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. This is a work in progress. 114 episodes in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Smashing Game Time. We are two brothers and two special guests talking through gaming's back catalog of yesteryear. I am your host, Nick. I am joined by, he's not my twin, but he is my brother. His name's Josh. Yeah, we're the not buy one, get one free deal. However, we got that today with our guest. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we have two special guests. That's right, not one, but two. They're from the same podcast. We like to collect things. We like getting the full sets. We've got Mike and JMO from the old Switcheroo podcast. Mike and JMO, welcome aboard. Thank you for Glad having us, here. guys. Yeah, it's great to be back. I'm happy my uh, co-host was able to join me this time. Um, we are super excited to be here and um, excited to dive into some of your segments. Uh, we're going to do an old news segment today, and I've been waiting for this one. We are excited to have you guys back. Uh, spoiler alert, we are doing an older, we're bringing back an older segment for the sake of our guests because we thought that would be neat because it's kind of what they do over on the old switcheroo. Uh, Mike or JMO, uh, JMO, JMO, yes. Uh, what, uh, what's going on over at the old switcheroo? Well, Mike and I were two lifelong friends who have recently kind of reunited over our love of retro games. So with Nintendo Switch, you can subscribe to the Nintendo Switch online service. In addition to letting you play games online with other people, they give you a back catalog of retro games. And so at the highest tier of membership, you get 250 plus retro games. It goes NES, SNES, Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. I think I got them all. And so Mike and I are endeavoring to research and review all 250 plus games. Uh, it has been so much fun just diving into, you know, old games and uh, Mike plays them old fashioned style. So Mike doesn't rewind. Mike doesn't use save states. <laughs> I use all modern. I use all modern functionality to try and roll credits on all of them. So we kind of get, you know, fun, different perspectives uh, on retro games. And uh, we just recently did a Mario Kart episode. Uh, Mario Kart 64, Super Mario Kart, Mario Kart uh, Super Circuit on Game Boy Advance. And we just recorded our season finale episode, which recaps all of our first 40 games. Uh, so it's been really fun. And um, I encourage anyone who has a passion for old games, come check us out. It'd be a great jumping on point. That's that's awesome. I didn't didn't realize it was already finale time for the uh, for the season on you guys. When's the uh, when's that finale come out? Well, uh, I think finale... so. The finale will be out the 23rd, I think, is a Tuesday. Later I'm this so month. glad you knew. I, I, he's the numbers guy. <laughs> I can't, can't keep track of that. He's yeah, no. Um, part of the reason that we did the season finale is that we just had too good of a name for the finale, which is it's our 16th episode. So the 16th bit retrospective yes. season finale, right? I like, oh, God, it. I just I feel it in my whole body when I say it out loud. <laughs> get, get out of this podcast right now. Get out. I will not. Have... <laughs> no, that, that is a that is a great name. And uh, congrats to you guys on completing your second season. That's exciting. And um, first season websites, old switcheroo, the old switcheroo dot com, right? Yes. The old yeah. switch a roo dot com. Uh, where you can get our links to our social media, our uh, Discord. You can leave us a voicemail. Um, Every podcast service that I think I can add on there. Yeah, Mike's done a so, great job of just shotgunning us out into the internet, and that's that's the tip of the barrel, <laughs> is the I, old switcheroo.com. I, I have to ask, you said leave a voicemail. I can actually leave you a voicemail via the website? 
You can, and Mike will listen to it, and he'll filter out anything creepy, and let me know what people said. I don't, I don't, I don't got... hold on. I keep it PG thirteen outside of the podcast. Okay, okay? I yeah. will be very appropriate. It's in I here. Mean, you I... have to be careful because I didn't ask for that. Yeah, no, no one asked for that. Nick, Nick knew what he signed up for when he said, "Hey, Josh, do you want to do a podcast together?" Jo- I, I knew. I was like, Josh, if you're going to do a podcast with me, you mean, you need to be the most unhinged version of yourself. I'm going to need <laughs> he, to at least edit out two or three ramblings an episode of, from you. Okay. He he handed me the ace and said, "You're the wild card. You had to be the rickest Rick. You yes, have to be the mortiest Morty. <laughs> the rickiest Rick of all the Ricks." Hey, every <laughs> we're moving on before Josh starts rambling and I have to edit this out. Ah, sex with Hitler 3D. <laughs> no. uh, hey. Uh, we're doing a flashback. We're flashing back to the year 2000. Uh, for those who have been listening the whole time, uh, I'm probably a family member we don't remember being related to. Uh, when Josh and I did the year 2000 all the way back in 2021, that, that December, uh, we did the whole year in one run. We, did, we pulled up the Wikipedia page and we ran through every game and talked about it all. It was like a three-hour episode. We're green. We are very green. We were very green. Our <laughs> format has changed so much since then. We were having the old switcheroo guys on. We figured, hey, let's do the full year 2000, but let's pick out games that really stood out. We're not breaking it up in quarters. We picked six games. We're going to go through them and talk about them. We're going to talk about some old news. Josh has a meme for us. It's going to be some good old smashing game time. Uh, but before we do that, let me get some let me get some show note stuff going here real quick. Let me get this all out. Let me get this all out real quick. Smashing Game Time, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube Podcasts, we're on YouTube proper. It's where you can see our wonderful faces on this video. Admire the squares. I lined them up the best I could. I am like <laughs> a half-blind barber. I do pretty good work. Uh, hey, fuck the algorithm. Tell a friend. That's right. I don't fuck with those machines. Word of mouth is king here. Tell your people. Tell your people that you know and love. Tell the people that you hate. I don't care. Tell somebody. The machines Y2K. don't run this shit. Y2K. Y2K. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we have a website. It's smashinggametime.com. Uh, this podcast goes up over there. We've also got written things. I've got another journal coming out. Uh, if you're hearing this at any point, there's always a journal coming out that following Friday. So check the website then. I've got some write-ups about uh, Nuclear Blaze and what I'm going to do on our book club game called Transistor. That should be fun. Josh, we might have to collaborate on that. We'll find something. We'll find something. I, I still have to catch up on my journals, and I owe everybody uh, like a nice like list for my mistakes of not keeping up with it. Did yeah. you just say book club game as in you guys pick a game to play at the same time so you can discuss it? Yep. That is amazing. I love that idea. I play it's, Transistor. Well, oh, the problem is the last game, Nick decided he was only going to play it part time and never do it. So I felt very alone in that one. So he's a book club. So, he didn't read. He didn't do the reading. That's, it's, no, it's, he, he it's went to the cliff club. notes. It's a typical book club. But to be fair, we bit off a little more than we could chew. The first game was Death Stranding. Ooh. Director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> so the hey, I, fin- I finished it. OK, if I can finish it, they can finish it. They never did. Well, I finished this one. Uh, I guess that's a good transition into what everyone's playing. I will I will go ahead and take the uh, the the reins and go first on this one. Uh, uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be the twelfth. So the game I've been annoying about for the last two weeks that I've been playing for review uh, is called Banishers. 
uh, and I'm forgetting the full forgetting the full title of it. Let me pull that up real quick. This is from Don't Nod. These are the um, yeah Banishers, Ghost of New Eden. The uh, it's the same folks who did Jusant. They did all of the um, uh, what are the adventure games? The episodic ones. The um, you mean like the it's kind of like the Walking Dead games. Life is strange. There it is. All the different life is strange. So this is them branching out, and I question how they got this and Jusant out with a, within like months of each other. Kind of blows my mind. Uh, this is so Banishers is I don't want to call it a Souls like. It controls very much like a Souls. You play uh, these kind of demonologists called Banishers. You're in charge of banishing ghosts. Uh, it's set in the 1600s. You are you play it as. A master banisher and her apprentice, and they are uh, going into America to help a friend who's being haunted by a ghost. His town's being haunted by a ghost called a nightmare. And uh, to complicate things, uh, this master and apprentice are lovers, Ooh. very much lovers. Banisher, and, uh, I hardly know her. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on my review. Uh, I am about halfway through the game. But so the game opens up, you get to the town, you find out your friend has died. And I'm not spoiling, like, this is all within, like, the opening hour of the game. Your friend is dead. Uh, you go, the apprentice goes to take on this nightmare by himself and ends up uh, almost dying, getting thrown out a window, and your master is killed. And so the whole adventure is this apprentice trying to get back to that town to reclaim his lover's body. Uh, and he's being helped by his master, who is now not, I wouldn't say haunting him, but helping him. And so it plays very much like, uh, it, it feels weighty like a Souls game, but it's not difficult like a Souls game. Enemies look like ghosts. Uh, whenever you run into people who are being haunted, you kind of approach it like if anyone ever played The Witcher 3 here, whenever you took on a beast uh, beast job where you were killing like a oh hey we're being haunted by this uh, this woman of the wood and you kind of, you have to do like your investigative side of it like okay why is this ghost haunting this guy what's what's it gonna take to stop the haunting and the game also has so coming from don't nod it's got some choices that you can make and I don't want to get too into them uh, basically it's about I'll spoil it a little bit uh, it's about say like bringing bringing your master back from the dead or releasing her into the afterlife. Ooh. And and it's 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 like not clear which one is the right thing to do. It's not very clear, but also it kind of feels like once you've started down one path, it's kind of hard to trace back because uh, it's tough. So it's taxidermy it, out of the question. It's very much out of the question. <laughs> Uh, I've enjoyed what I've played of it so far. By the time you hear this, my review will be up. I've still got a little more of it to play through. I'm not going to... I'll get into it more next week, but I've enjoyed it so far. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, Jusant came out and Don't Not is doing this thing where they don't... They kind of don't want to paint themselves into a corner, but you can see, like, the little inklings from Life is Strange with, like, the decisions you're making. And, uh... Yeah, I and th again the game is set in like 1600s America, and it's just it's a very weird setting. Uh, but you know what? I'm kind of here for it. It's it feel if it feels it's got that B game feel, which yeah. you don't get a lot. The if you guys played uh from two years ago, Evil West, it's got heard of it. It's Evil West was just a very much hey, you remember Gears of War? 
well, we're making a cheap one of those, and you're a cowboy killing monsters in the West, and you can punch them in the face if you get close enough. Everything just feels weighty. It feels very much like that. Uh, yeah, and that's so I've been playing that, and then the book club game. Right before this, right before this recording, I finally finished it. I beat Transistor, which isn't saying much because it's a very short game. <laughs> I should have been done weeks ago. Um, oh man, I've got some great things to say about that game. I don't want I but Josh is on the boss that I just beat, so I can't really I can't spoil it. I will right. say I I mean you can. I I'm going to go I'm going to 100% it, Nick. I know you're going to, but you know what? I knew how it was going to end because I had it spoiled for me 10 years ago. And I the ending still hits. So even after you have it spoiled for you, I think it's still pretty neat. Uh, for those who don't know, Transistor is the second game from Supergiant Games. The folks who did Bastion, they would go on to do Hades. Uh, so Transistor is very, very unique in there. In there, do we call this a discography? <laughs> is this a discography? <laughs> Anthology, yeah, I think so. <laughs> It's because they're a very music heavy, music heavy uh, studio anyway, so that feels proper. Uh, it's very different because the combat's turn based, but can also be real time. Uh, the powers you can like, you have these save areas where you can switch your powers around and combine them. They're all called functions, and you can combine one function within another, and it kind of change. Like functions have like passive abilities, they have the uh, active ability, and they also have an upgrade ability. And, like, even all the way to the end of the game, I was still mixing and matching those. In. So I was I was very surprised by that. Uh, boss fights, I think there's only two or three in there. Yeah, three. There's three in there. Very challenging. Uh, story's got some fascinating stuff to say about um, what we contribute as people and uh, what we leave behind after we die. And Yeah, the premise, it's like the sword... Um, that kills the person, their personality gets absorbed into the sword. Yeah. 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 And you know, and looking and we're not doing, we're not doing like uh new, like current news today, but looking at like the last few weeks of like layoff news and like, you know, studios just like sucking up IP and then letting the spitting the people out. I was just like, yeah. man, this is a timely ass game. Just people are dying. People are gone. And all that's left are the things that they made in the world which are serving as your functions. And yeah. there's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I had that realization today while playing it. I was like, Oh shit. I think I really, really like transistor. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I, I think hot take. I think it's better than Hades so far. Anyway. I mean, Hades has the characters, but as far as like just sort of novelty of concept now, full disclosure, I haven't gotten that far into Hades. I've done a couple of bosses. Mm-hmm. But like I, I just think that Transistor was a big swing in terms of like setting and aesthetic, and it doesn't all pay off, but it really is unique. It's got like think, a kind of a cyberpunk vibe. I think they do really good with the relationships. Like yeah. you don't, you come, you come in like after, like because you come into the game and it's very much set up like Kill Bill, where like there's no wedding, but like the, this person's dead. You're like going out for revenge, and you have no idea who these people are, and you kind of like get a get an idea of who they are and how they how they relate to you and how they relate to like all this terrible stuff that's going on in the world and and you're not really sure like are you trying to get out are you trying to save the like like the game's not very clear about it you you just know that you and your sword are going to (laughs) going to stop the 
uh, the I guess you could call them a terrorist group in this game. Um, but yeah, and then Hades is like, oh no, we're getting out of hell. So I, th- I yeah. think plotting, <laughs> I think Hades plotting wise is better. And there are some relationships in Hades that I'm like, oh no, you can't like, no, you can't t- like the father son dynamic in Hades. I think is really well done. But when I look at when I look at the relationships of people and their art and the things they contribute to society, I think transistor does a lot of great i think transistor builds off of bastion really well because bastion had some things to say there as well uh i'll save it i'll save more of it for when josh is done uh josh did you have anything you wanted to add this week about your your transistor time it just makes me really want to go back and play bastion (laughs) i I mean just something about hearing the kid yeah (laughs) mike are you familiar with bastion have i talked to you about it before uh i don't think so Bastion was or cool did, because it, it had, well, it's very possible. <laughs> it has like a dynamic narrator. So whatever you do will have a Morgan Freeman-esque voiceover narration. So like if you just start running around in circles, it'd be like, the kid worked out his energies running in circles. In a way, aren't we all running in circles? And like <laughs> the sheer amount of like, you know, um, narration that they thought to write. And this was... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. This is like pre-AI doing all this for us. I'm pretty sure a human being wrote all of that. This was like 2010, 2011, somewhere in that line. Yeah. And then Hades, you know, has so many dialogue trees with so many characters. Um, And that's the the one thing I think. I think that's why Transistor didn't stick in people's minds is that it kind of lacked the um, sort of theming through dialogue. But I just feel like Transistor, it really makes you connect thematically with the setting and the plot like when i'm playing hades i don't feel like i'm in hell i feel like it's like a hectic bullet hell but i don't feel like torturous it's really fun and lighthearted. right but this one kind of makes you uncomfortable in a, the sci-fi premise so i i thought it was the clarity of purpose i think was better for transistor so i almost thought to myself that i feel like it's like the mega man franchise mm-hmm. bastion was the original uh you know one through eleven and then Hades is like the X franchise. And now we're into the Mega Man battle network with Transistor. Yeah. Good it's, analogy. It's kind of, it's kind of got me. Yeah. Transistor feels like that spinoff. And it's kind of got me bummed out that we're doing a Hades two instead of like exploring like another shorter story from them. I'm sure they've got something great wrapped up, written up for Hades two, but I don't know. I'm like, if you ask me like, Nick, are you, what are you more excited to play right now? Hades two or Pyre? I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go play their other game, Pyre, that I never gave a chance because it came out at a weird time. Uh, yeah, Transistor. That game's going to be sticking in my noggin for a little bit. Um, Josh, I'm going to kick it over to you because we talked about your one game already. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Uh, are, do you have much wealth? I have lots of wealth. I'm big wealth in Hawaii. What's going they on? They call what me the big Ula. What's going on in Like a Dragon there? Um, it's been a little slow after the review. I was, I've been trying to play catch up with work and stuff, so not too much more there. I am definitely totally digging the Pokemon ripoff though. Do you know its name? I know we, uh, Shun, Shunji, or Shuji is thinking of what we called it. Shujimo. It's not Pal World. They didn't put Pal World. I was going to say, is there another Pokemon ripoff people are talking about right now? (laughs) No. So there's like a, it's like a Pokemon ripoff within, uh, Yakuza, like, uh, infinite wealth uh where you basically you found like crazy like over the top people and they do stupid stuff yeah yeah that one that's what it is and then they also have a um 
Nick, help me out here. Um, little raccoon guy. Animal Crossing. They have an Animal Tom Crossing. Nuke. They have a Tom Nook. Uh, they have an Animal Crossing spinoff on there as well. It's a lot of fun. There's tons to do in the game. It's honestly, it's definitely one of those games that I'm going to have to actually probably take a week off of work just to focus on because there's so much to do in there. Nick, I think I only have like seven or eight trophies. Yeah, that's not, it's not a lot for someone who's like a trophy, not like you. Exactly. That, that's my point, though. <laughs> there's a lot to do there. I just discovered that Yakuza is like a silly series and it yeah. has like a sense of, I didn't know. So like for the longest time it was like, Oh, that's the Shenmue. That's Shenmue that found success. You know, the, the wandering around the combat, the character interaction, like they figured out the formula to actually sell games with Yakuza. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just downloaded on game pass and played to the first arcade because for, I think literally decades I've been wanting to play Fighting Vipers 2 and Daytona USA 2 and Sega has never ported them and they're in that game. (laughs) So, so I was, I I got through like a couple hours of combat just to walk to the arcade and finally get to play these games. I've got my save state there. And then I was thinking about Game Pass, you know, I did the Game Pass, uh, what do you call it, where you're streaming the game, you don't have to download it. Oh, um, so I I forget. Is it the. Oh, it's cl- xCloud or something? Cloud like Play, Cloud Gaming. So I did the Yakuza Cloud Gaming just to get, you know, to get to play those arcade games. But I don't know. I can see the appeal. It seems like there's a lot there. I don't want to play through 12 games. I, hasn't there been, like, over a dozen entries at this yeah. point? I mean, there's been a sh- shit ton. I mean, this this alone, they've got... So they have uh, Like a Dragon. They had that... Uh, spinoff where it went back into t- back in time, and then they have this uh, sequel, right? And then they're doing Judgment on the side, which I think yeah. Judgment is just as goofy, but they have like a super serious, like they're super serious with their topic. It's like a- an aging or a retirement a- a pill that they're trying to sell to like aging uh, Japanese like retirees, and I don't know, it just. It just it seems so weird. Like a lot of these games have very serious topics, but they're so goofy, and they yeah. somehow find a way to pull it off every time. But I, I actually am enjoying the characters and the character development. There's just something about them that makes them so likable. Yeah. I mean, hell, I have a homeless guy on my team that breathes, uh, who spits fireballs, basically. You have an unhoused person who spits fireballs? No, they they, <laughs> they, 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 they call them homeless. <laughs> okay. You're given the canonical title. Yes. <laughs> they, I literally think his his job title or his job class is a uh, homeless guy. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they just label less it. Less of a ripoff of I think Pokemon, they more of a ripoff of bum fights. Yes. Oh. The, the Dr. Fights. Phil. Now I'm just thinking about the Dr. Phil guy who dressed up like Dr. Phil and said, how are you any different from me, Dr. Phil? <laughs> I, don't I remember when bum fights was a thing and we're like the internet has found its new rock bottom this is the worst this is and it's like oh just you wait oh thanks <laughs> to that we got kimbo slice though uh bum yeah. fights was my favorite american dad episode for the longest time <laughs> really uh, it's definitely american. phantom of the telethon that's a good one too uh josh thank you for sharing your video games we're moving on we're moving on that's before fair. we moving start on. sharing our favorite bum fights on the air <laughs> mike Mike, what have you been up to on uh, on the gaming side? Yeah, so I've, I've had more modern games than I normally do lately. Um, so one of them, back to the discussion of narrators that are fairly involved, um, was The Beginner's Guide, which 
I was playing entirely indirectly due to you guys. Um, you'd had Katie from Overthinking Games on, and I'm going through their podcast now, and they have a whole episode to that. And I was like, you should play the... And very good, like, if you haven't played this, please stop listening to us. Go play the game. It's like an hour and a half. It's more experience in the format of a game than a game. Hmm. Um, it's like, I don't want to say too much, because there's, there's a good reason why they said, don't listen to the rest of this. Go play it. It's um, giving, like, Stanley's parable. Mm -hmm. sort oh, of. I've seen this before. I remember what It's the same... Yeah. It, it is the same developer as Stanley's Parable, but this okay. is a much... It's a very different direction to that. Fans are like, it's the Stanley Parable, not Stanley's. Sorry, I misspoke. I'm... It's giving it's giving me very creepy vibes. Like, I'm looking at a... I'm looking at a theater stage with, like, this very, very, like, polished wood and, like, this very red... The very red curtains... And then I click over, and there's like these creepy woods. There's these creepy guys with TVs on their heads or blocks on their heads. Uh, it's giving me. I mean, yeah, it's I, spooky. It's closer to experimental than spooky when you get into it, like in context. Right. Um, unnerving, but not necessarily frightening. I wouldn't even say I don't. I don't think it's unnerving. I think it's just out of context. It seems very strange. It's um, hard to pin down based on the fact that you can't seem to pin down the word for it. <laughs> And this is a, it's like a first person puzzle game, right? Kind of, kind of, sort of. Um, the, the, or the basic premise they explain is it's basically someone is sharing with you s small games that someone else had, sh had shared with them. Oh, I like that. And you've, and you got it and you found it because someone else was sharing small games with, oh my God, it's <sighs> meta. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Are so you like still it, playing it the game right now? Is this part of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, once you're in, you, you, you're you're in for good. Um, but yeah, and so it, it's like ninety minutes to get through. Okay. It, um, it's going on. It's going on the wish list, Mike. You've uh, you've uh, spread the virus. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, a, so, I have a laptop now, so I can actually install Steam for the first time in ten years. <laughs> So I will also put it on my wish list. Yeah, no, yeah, you'll enjoy it. You do books and stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a like it very much is walk through these levels and sort of experience what they're doing with the story and themes and whatnot. You love books and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm still wrapped up on that. That was great. Your comic. You're a funny guy. <laughs> Speaking of funny guy, can I guess how you say the other game you've been playing? It's sort of a sort of a thing on our podcast. We like to guess pronunciations. And if anyone checked out the Zevious episode, is this chance of Sonar? Could be. Honestly, don't know. Which is there's an irony to that. Um, okay. Yeah, so the other thing I'm I'm playing is Chance of Yeah. Let's go Sonar. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um, which is. Most mostly a puzzle game where it's basically sort of a Tower of Babel inspired thing, where you're starting on like ground level, and basically each level of the tower speaks a different language, and you know none of them. 
Whoa. Are they actual <laughs> languages or are they fictional languages? Um, they're fictional because re- really you're seeing um, fictional scripts. Gotcha. So you're so it it's not dial like there's a, you know they play audio to make it seem like someone's talking, but like really you're getting speech bubbles or you're getting signs and stuff like that, and so you're having to use sort of the context to figure out what the words are, and so you have like a little your own little dictionary you can go into that has all the words that you've seen for that language, and you can put in kind of what you think it is, and every so often. It'll do groups of three or four of, here's some pictures, which words do you think are being represented by these pictures? And when you match that up, then you know it for sure, and then the game will translate it automatically after that. That's awesome. Do you know anything about the development? Because it seems like it was inspired by someone who was actually, like, you know, had to pick up a second language. I'm not sure, but it, it, it it is really interesting that as you're going up this, so, like, when you go to the second level, it changes languages, but it's the languages in various parts of this tower are also like structurally different. Hmm. So you're having to figure out, it's not just like a match, match the words you're having to figure out some differences in how they're interpreting concepts and just grammatically, um, which makes it really interesting. Um, Sorry, we're having uh, a storm here. (laughs) 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 So sorry. Power off. Are you guys? A, yeah. Are you in a safe spot, JMO? Wait, I am. I am. Yeah. It's just raining. Sorry about uh, that, yeah. guys. So I'm something like I'm th- three complete languages in and starting to reach the fourth. So I'm most like I, I'm past past halfway up the tower, I think. But Mike, you only uh, speak one language in real life. I mean, correct. <laughs> I don't speak any of these. He's, yeah, he's he's trilingual do, from the sounds of it. I, I, I count programming languages as a, actually ah. a rather akin thing to this because it's syntax has changed dramatically. But if you kind of know you're dealing with a small enough set of possible words that you kind of like, I need to, there's got to be a concept, a word for this concept somewhere in here. Yeah. I don't ask just what to be a it? dick. I mean, that's part of it. But like, I sometimes wonder about that with like, when I play games like that, I'm like, why aren't I learning an actual language? Like, I've learned a fictional language to get to level two. I could have learned part of Spanish and, like, you know, benefited greatly both for me and my students. Yeah. But this this sounds amazing. This is also going on the yeah. wish list. Well, I, 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 used, I used to use, I used to use, uh, I used to know some sign language. And I just, my brain does not do additional languages. It never made the click everyone else in that class did to where you kind of think in the language sufficiently. Because um, I've tried to, I've tried to do Spanish as well, and I hit the same thing. Of I can't, I always have to do the translations. Yeah, I, I find I, I struggle myself. I find that once I start getting into like sentence building and you know just actually trying to communicate, that's when everything just falls apart. Whereas opposed yeah. to I can say Yo tengo el gato and mi pantalones because that was how I ended every conversation in that class. Surprised I didn't get written up. <laughs> yeah. There's a cat in your pants. I'm yes, trying to remember what is. Tango is. I want, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this is so Chance of Sonar is actually my sleepy time game right now. Oh. For the past for the past month, as I'm starting to fall asleep, I'm like, I want to play Chance of Sonar on my Steam Deck. And I boot it up and I maybe like discover like one word. I think like an early one is like you discover the difference between push and pull, and it's like the 
I think it's like one has like the V a V shape in it and one doesn't. And uh, so I'll get like one or two new things and then I'll fall asleep. <laughs> so it's been, yeah, that, it's been my slow crawl game. Yeah. I have the problem that like, really this has been my like a couple nights game and I'm six hours in and that's taking an effort to not just keep going. Like where I'm like, I should probably stop work expects me to do things <laughs> during the day. They uh they break up they break up like the language with like stealth sections, right? Or like there's some other On one of the on one of them at least there's stealth stuff and I'm just like I it's like that's actually where it's like lost my pin I was like I I don't want to deal with this. I just want more I just want more word puzzle things. So um, it does it does feel out of place. I was that was something I was concerned about. Um I think to someone else who's cool with it, it wouldn't be an issue, but like, I think I'm more, I am much more a strategy kind of game, puzzle kind of game kind of person than I am like a play a character person. Mm-hmm. And so when you get into, you know, you are this character trying to sneak through things, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't really want to. Let me skip Although, this part. <laughs> it does a pretty good job, at least, of... I think everything I've hit that's something like that, once you get past it, you can get back and you don't have to, like, redo it. Mm, that's good. That There's some point where, like, oh, and now I'm back out a door that connects to somewhere I've already been. That's good. But yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's been fun. I like seeing... I'm not sure, fully sure where the story is going. Um... only had a couple bits that have been sort of frustrating the rest of it's just been it's been challenging but it's been it's been very satisfying to sort of have the because you can just be easily noting in there mm-hmm. and when you see the text if you don't have the translation since it puts up here's what your translation is based off your guesses to just kind of have stuff and just be like oh that popped up a new text and that made total sense or oh that makes no sense i had totally guessed wrong on that word it, the game does have uh, a really good notebook. I I really liked that function of being able to just like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And then just kind of like being able to go back and reference that every time something pops up and you find out. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like most people are playing this with like one word in there and I'm putting in like phrases and brackets and kind of stuff as I'm trying to like, I'm maxing out the character fields every time I'm guessing a word. <laughs> well, that's because from our podcast, you're writing down the passwords to save the game. So you're really used to taking copious notes as you play. Like it's like you've been waiting your whole life for this game. <laughs> yeah. Well that, this is working pretty easy since, or since this is playing it on a computer. Yeah. It's like I have a keyboard to work with. Like, cool. I think it has control. Like you can do this with a controller and well, I think it's maybe even on consoles, but it's like, I have a computer I don't want to deal with like entering words in through like a controller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, drink your cat water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got thirsty. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I expect to have that game wrapped up by like the weekend just cause I really want to see where this is going. Is going. And I like those kinds of puzzles. Now that Seems I know cool. transistor, I may, I may, I may have to hop back into that and finish it up and, Maybe maybe I'll just have you send me all the words so I can just like get through it really fast. <laughs> the the weird part, you kind of can't. Like even if you know what words are supposed to be, you kinda of have to find the I just, you kind of have to actually learn them, learn them. Mm. And I think so it has some triggers. Um I had to go chase 
one down for like language three because I hadn't found the right room. And I'm like, I've got four words left over. And I think I'm pretty sure I know what, or, or I had three words left over and I was missing one. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what these are. What the heck did I need to do? You can't rush true learning, Mike, as a teacher. You teach too, you know, there's no shortcuts. You can't take shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's called Stack Overflow. <laughs> Speaking of real learning and can't rush it, should I go next? Yeah, Jamo, what are you playing? What mystery games are you playing? I, I don't do well with mystery games. I don't have the patience for them. Um, but I have been monkeying around with Pal World. I uh, was checking out part of your episode with the Black Shinobi um, 956. And uh, I'm glad you, you got know, the number that, right. Yeah, I, I looked it up just to not <laughs> screw it up. But the um, I, I, I play via Game Pass. I honestly, I would feel weird buying this. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, they get money for when I download Game Pass. I get it. I'm being a hypocrite. But it's just, I have real weird feelings about this, like, blatant, we're going to use AI to make the Pokemon game that your fans have always deserved, you know? Uh, so as much as I'm having fun with it, I it, it does present a bit of a moral quandary. But the frustration on Game Pass is that, um, at least as of last time I tried it, you can only have four players per server. And that game really thrived with like, you know, 12. And apparently like they're in negotiations to get bigger servers and to get a much more stable situation to play via Game Pass. Uh, So, you know, it's cool, but it feels a little icky to like it too much. As someone as someone who has tried to create his own little pocket monster game and get that out in the world, I would just feel so hurt and horrible if someone took my concept and ran with it to the degree to, to the degree that they have. Um, How's the yeah. gunplay? Oh, well, so that's the thing. I haven't gotten any guns. <laughs> like it's, it's I, and, and so my brothers, his friends, like they, they've got this whole development for those who've never played it. It's like Minecraft or Valheim, but with a Pokemon element. Which is like it's a it's a it's a match made in heaven, but then very tonally strange that they add guns to it, and I'm choosing to just play it as if it was a um, Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild ripoff. I'm not raising Pokemon or excuse me, pals. I'm just <laughs> running around. I'm gliding. I'm hitting stuff with my stick while my other friends develop the society behind me. Uh, but you know, it's 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 kind of cool. Um, as conflicted as I feel about it. Uh, Street Fighter 6 has Ed coming out uh, February 27th. He's the next DLC character. He's kind of a cool one in terms of Street Fighter history because he started as just this throwaway character in a cutscene of Street Fighter 4, then made a playable character Street Fighter 5 and now Street Fighter 6. So, like, the, the Street Fighter community has kind of seen this character grow up from, like, child and in concept to, like, actual playable. And so he's kind of neat. He's a boxer, like Balrog from Street Fighter 2, but he has psycho powers. So I never got into Street Fighter 5 enough to try him, so I'm, I'm stoked to check him out in Street Fighter 6. I'm, I'm excited by how the game is being supported. Do any of you guys play fighting games? I played 6 for a little bit. I fell off just because I'm, I play for a little bit and then maybe hop online, get my ass kicked a few times, and then I'm back off. Uh, what's but, your what's what's your opinion on modern controls? So like the way that it is friendly for new players because rather than memorizing inputs, you can just press one button and it'll do the combo. But it's kind of a a sticking point. It's sort of divided the FGC 
in terms of is that cheating or is it still legitimate because the timing is required to play well? I, I liked it. That was something I wrote about in my reviews that I really liked the ability to switch between those. And as someone who just doesn't have the patience to learn the different combos, I really yeah. liked being able to just press the button and like move in the direction that I needed to do the, do the move. And again, like you said, you still need to know the timing. It, do, it doesn't really matter that you know that you can do the move. Now you need to know, okay, when is this move going to be key? going to be yeah. successful when do i need to use this when do i need to uh if i do this move right now will this put me at an awkward spot where i'm going to get just completely blown out by chun li here like yeah i mean, I mean it's, you, it, you turn your brain off for some stuff but it gives you an ability to think about the other stuff yeah i mean realistically for for those who argue that it's a bad thing i mean they, if even if they just use that they still have to master the pixel uh moments like there you have to get a certain pixel range and get a you have to use it at a certain pixel moment like it's it's still very much a you have to learn everything for it so it's not like it's more like a okay we're gonna skip the combo we're just gonna go straight into memorizing what pixel i need to use it on or you know use the next thing and I get in all kinds of fights in YouTube comment sections <laughs> using our official <laughs> YouTube account, by, by the way. So I don't know if like we're going to get some nasty voicemails, but I don't know. Like, you know, I'm a full time teacher. I don't have the time to memorize. I mean, I've never been that kid to memorize the combos. I usually play pretty dirty footsie tactics. Um, so I appreciate them having like I'm going to is going to be a really hot tech. I'm going to call it the adult mode, you know, where it's like. I don't have the time to devote to get GUD, you know, so I, I appreciate them adding it, even though it feels real gross to lose against it, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, I have these people like, oh, you you probably haven't been playing Street Fighter. And it's like, I've been playing since the 90s. Like, I'm probably been playing longer than you've been alive, <laughs> son. <laughs> but but they're still beating me. Uh, and then the last game uh, we'll talk about because we're playing it for Mike and I's podcast is we are I'm playing to Echo the Dolphin on Sega oh. Genesis, the side-scrolling dolphin game. It's a it's a weird one. I'll I'll save most of my thoughts for our podcast if anyone wants to check it out. But it's just really interesting because this game desperately is in need of a patch. It it, it the controls so badly, the performance of it at times is so rough, and I was just like, wow, like this is an era. When a game that was ambitious but flawed, it stays that way forever. You know, it's a cartridge. There's no patching it unless you release different versions of it. And uh, or a soldering kit. That's yeah, true. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. And, uh, as broken as it sounds, that like, I think I, I mean everyone in this podcast is aware of who Echo the like what Echo the Dolphin is. So yeah. it's it's crazy to think that like a game as broken as you make it sound still has like legs. Well, and that's the cool thing is that like, ironically, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dolphin with legs, that's the twist. That's the final boss. But yeah, it, but that's also, you know, I'm nostalgic for that time because the gaming industry was so much smaller back in the 90s. Indie gaming wasn't even a thing yet. You, there's no mm-hmm. indie gaming. You can't print your own cartridges. Mm-hmm. So the, the Echo it had such a novel concept. I mean, there's not really been any other game quite like it. There's been other underwater exploration games, but those wouldn't come out until decades later. So it was, and it's such a uniquely like Sega thing. And it's like, man, my heart breaks a little for like weird Sega. 
And I always love anytime weird Sega comes back. And that's why I'm excited for the reboots. And we'll get to those when we talk about other games. But um, yeah, yeah I got the dolphin. I, I don't even know if that counts as me having played it because I am pretty sure that like I experienced it where it's like a store or Burger King or something where just like that was a game they had and there's yeah. an opening level that I think I on multiple occasions played and never gotten I'm fascinated to happen to see how far you get because if you're playing it legitimately without rewinding it's gonna be rough and that first level it's so archaic how to even start the game so yeah excited to talk about on our podcast it's one of the things like technically i it's i played the game but got never gotten out of the start of the game which yeah it's like how i got hired at six flags magic mountain but never was given a shift (laughs) true story i'm a six flags employee i'm probably to this day a magic mountain six flags employee but you just got employee of the month last month I'm going to get called in. I'm going to get called in one day. Hey, you're running Twisted Colossus. Get rid of it. <laughs> like, hey, hey, we really need the wrong address. We've been sending all these checks to it. Uh, we have the cash, so we just want to wrote you a new one. Hey, so where are, are you? Your shift started like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for sharing all the games you're playing. Uh, now time for a weird transition. We're getting back into our... We're, we're, doing, we're doing it. We're doing it again, Josh. We're reduxing a year. Uh, we're flat. I like flashback better than Redux. I think flashback is better. We're, we're flashback. We're gonna call that. Yeah, I'm having my Viet Viet Cong moment right now because you say <laughs> Redux something in Deus Ex. Jesus. Uh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue before he rambles. Uh, hey, let's do the year 2000. In the year 2000. First up, April 27th, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Uh, I mean, we talked about this previously. Uh, has everyone here played Majora's Mask? I have nope. not. I'm saving it for the podcast. I played Ocarina of Time, which I think kind of counts. Pretty much, yeah. Like, it's 50% of it. I don't I don't know. If, if I may be so bold to jump in, like I just think this game is interesting because it created that Nintendo model of like, let's save money by using a pre-existing engine, but change just enough so that it sells even more. So I, I think this game changed the industry, and it's it's kind of novel in that way. And not not just the engine, but hey, let's. You remember these characters over here? What if we took them and changed their name and just repurposed them? Uh, we won't call it Hyrule. We'll t- we'll call it Terminal. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll ask, just go asset crazy. Reuse all these assets. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you I only get four new only four new assets. That's all you get. You get four new they assets, all, and they're all links. Use them right. Uh, yeah, I was and, gonna say like I, I'm not a big. Legend of Zelda fan, but doesn't Link normally have skin? Yes, <laughs> he does. He, d- I, you know what? I never thought of like if someone was like just if someone was aware of Zelda, but then saw this game, they'd be like, "What the? F-? I thought he was a little yeah, guy." Well, and I don't know why he's a little puppet. Like I, I know the only thing I know about the story is the moon. Oh, you're yeah. the oh, you're the moon. <laughs> I was like, "What is he doing? Was he nervous in the audio show?" <laughs> It's like, is JMO having a stroke on the <laughs> podcast? But what an iconic image, though, of just the moon mm-hmm. slowly getting closer. And, you know, it, that, that rictus face of it is nightmarish. And I just Didn't love... Did they make a documentary know, of that a year or two ago? Something like that, yeah. Somebody but, somebody did a little short film. that was, It was a very nice short film that was just like the origin of the mask. And, yeah. I, you know, with them 
doing the movie or the show. I forget which what they're doing, but I think I would honestly I could see them pulling a lot from this because this just feels like a really well told story that can that would uh, move over well into another uh, medium. Uh, back to what JMO said at the out of the gate. Uh, yeah, I think if I had to if I had to guess, this would be the first time that Nintendo really really borrowed assets right at the end of a console's generation uh, console's lifespan and again yeah we would see them continue to do that um so after this was the gamecube uh which saw uh wind waker and then they they changed the art style but zelda's always been in a weird spot where you got one you got one game for the console and then usually you get another game but it's split between the past console and the new console um, and they have yeah. and they're usually different versions so uh twilight princess you had the wii which allowed you to swing the swords well no because then they had skyward sword on there and it never made it until it got to the switch exactly skyward sword was the wii's proper zelda game and then they I moved over to the that. wii u yeah yeah but then the wii u got uh breath of the wild because i forgot that was on the wii u and it was <laughs> terrible apparently <laughs> Oh you know goodness. what? I bet you a copy of that Wii U version of that is just going for like Buku Dolores because it's one of those yeah. like rare finds that like nobody wants. But now that it's a was the version item. that was the version they were using for mods. So any of the mods that you saw when it first came out, it was because they were using the Wii U version. Mm. I didn't know that. The more you know. Yeah. This was also uh, this was also probably the darkest Zelda game, the darkest Zelda games ever gotten. Uh, just a. I mean, Josh can hit you with all the, the all the different theories he brings up in these video games, but I mean, this this one I think a pretty well, pretty well told theory in this one is that like each of the areas is a representation of going through the five stages of grief. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot yep. of a lot of death in this game. A lot of just gloom. Uh, the the moon it's coming down, guys. The world is going to end. Yeah. And uh, the time loops. Now you like this was the only time loop game. Now you can't throw a rock without hitting a time loop game in the head. Right. I mean, still the greatest theory ever to this day is, and Nick's to, to the point of Nick saying, you know, it's about the five stages of grief or of death is Link's dead. That is the theory. Link is dead the whole time, and it's just him stuck in purgatory and living the last three days of his life. But I love Explain games that are like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, games that are, like, about something, though. Like, I mean, I would even argue that, like, this is a more interesting story than, like, Breath of the Wild does, you know? I like the Breath of the Wild, like, you know, unlocking memories sort of angle to it. But I'm stoked for this one. I can't wait to give it a try. And I'm I'm excited to see if it sticks, because, like I said, I've tried Ocarina of Time, and it's I've tried it a couple of times on 3DS, uh, on the Switch emulator. It's never stuck, but I don't, I, I couldn't tell you why. It just never grabbed me. The 3DS versions of these games were always like they felt weird. I played this on 3DS. I tried Ocarina of Time on 3DS. They just, I think it's the lat. Well, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a second thumbstick in on the Nintendo 64, but yeah. the 3DS you've got the um, the four buttons and it it just feels very weird. It feels very lopsided. I think yeah. you I think you playing on the Switch using using the um, the Switch's service. I think that'll that'll probably do you good. That'll probably stick that time. Nice. Uh, anything else on uh, Majora's Mask? Going I think we're good there. Going twice. And the next one I think is a game that we have covered on our podcast, Mike. 
Yeah, so April going in order. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are actually. April 30th, Excite Bike 64. Um Jamo, does this game hold up? Uh well, so I didn't like it as much as Mike did, uh, but it's interesting because it's on the Nintendo Switch online service if you don't uh pay for the expansion pack. And like you look at it, I didn't know that the N64 games could look this good. Mm-hmm. It used the uh, RAM expander, mm. but it's just really clean polygons. Um, the controls for the game are super interesting in that, you know, you go off a jump and you completely are controlling the angle of the bike. So it's up to you to angle your wheels to the right way so that, you know, where there's an incline coming up, you got to land right. Because if you land wrong, you'll either wipe out or you'll lose all your momentum. So there's a precision required that I was just not ready for. And that Mike Mike did better at me than, you know, uh, better at controlling the bike than I did. But I think what really holds up about this game is it was jam-packed with bonus modes to an extent that I think even some modern games failed to do. There was a soccer mode that predated Rocket League by like 10 years but was the same basic premise of, you know, knock the soccer ball in with your bikes. Uh, There was a trick mode. There was a really cool desert mode where it's an open world. It's an open world desert and you are racing from checkpoint to checkpoint. And I would play an entire game like that. It was so really cool. Um, But, you know, uh, and then the soccer game, like I said, it's not scored properly. Um, But uh, other than that one caveat, the, the game I mean, glitches. if anything, your problem is that it's not no, timed properly. No, don't start with me. Okay, listen, Nick, Josh. Okay, sudden death. When uh, does sudden... No. And, and, and no, 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 no. We're going to settle this with some impartial... They're, they're, they're third party, okay? Third party intervention. When does when, overtime end? Okay, that's right. When does overtime end in your mind? First person is worse. Thank you! Oh my God! Thank you. That is when overtime should end. But Mike <laughs> pointed out that's sudden death. We had a very intense soccer battle where I had won and put down the controller and overtime continued. I'm trying to think. And, the only other overtime I think that keeps going is basketball. And that's just, you know, they play for like 10 more minutes, I think. I could be. Yeah, that Mike. <laughs> and Sorry. I mean, that's how soccer does it. You know, sudden you know, death and overtime. It's, it's gotten really muddy. And I blame I blame hockey and soccer and basketball yeah. and football. Yeah, I blame sports. I'm good with that. Let's just call them extra innings for now on. We're just any kind of overtime is just extra innings now. Yeah, but then that would work the way I thought it. Like Mike, that proves Mike right. So let's not call it that. <laughs> Mike, did you play this on a Nintendo 64 controller? Um, I think when we initially did this, I did not, and I think I've gone back and played it a little bit on that. Yeah, you're gonna unlock the stuff so we can play those modes you talked about. I am working on it, and this game is hard. And you know what? Um, actually, let, let me take a second to just climb back on my soapbox. Nintendo <laughs> Switch Online. Nintendo, look I, look, I know you're listening, Nintendo. You're big Smashing Game Time fans. You're closeted Smashing Game Time fans. You have this thing called SP Mode, where it unlocks stuff for the players. And you did it for like a bunch of Nintendo games. And then now that we're in the N64 era, where there's a bunch of actual unlockables, you've forgotten about it. And it's such a heartbreaking thing. It would be so cool for GoldenEye, for Excitebike64. Don't make Mike play 20 hours of this game to unlock all the cool stuff that's available. Like, go back, use the, use the, use the system you already created, and get the social media attention, okay? 
Do it, you cowards. Come on, Nintendo. Make a good decision. Hey, they're busy working with their lawyers to see if they have a case with Power World, okay? Yeah. Yeah, they're super busy. I will say the other fun bit is that the two of the other bonus things are a th- the original Excite Bike you can unlock in, in this. Yeah. And okay. a 3D version of the original Excite Bike. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What? I was it, not aware of it, that. It, it's just the straightforward track. Mm. But yeah, like but three yeah, three D graphics. Yeah. I it's mean, a it's a much more full featured game than you'd expect. This, yeah. This... I think a big a big difference on this on our stances on this game is I think I it, I enjoy a very tactical kind of racing and Jeremy would like to blow someone up. <laughs> and I'm not saying that blowing people up doesn't have a place it's also our romantic strategies like it all lines up like that's not <laughs> i mean it just sounds like mario kart <laughs> yeah but i mean and also you know uh, this game it's not fun against the ai it feels so unfair but against a human player where you're both struggling with the controls it feels a lot more equal so if you try this game and you hate it try it playing against somebody else it, it's what made it go from a nintendo not to a nintendo for me because it's a game that shines in multiplayer. I also will say I appreciate that this is one of the racing games that I've played that doesn't do that thing where it's this person's always going to win. Yeah, I guess the as AI, far as the computer mean. players. Yeah, as far yeah. as like um, playing like Super Mario Kart, I developed a particular loathing for Luigi, <laughs> who would just win every race. Donkey yeah. Kong always this, won mine. <laughs> This one, it, it's very much a, each race is kind of a toss-up, mm-hmm. so you don't have, it's not like you have to do better than the computer player that's otherwise going to win every time. You just have to do better than the computer player that's having the best round. Well, what Mike discovered on a Mario Kart episode is that Luigi gets a power star every race, and like, every character has their item they always get, and like, some of it's like, oh, I got a mushroom, and Luigi gets a power star. So it's, it's, it's skewed in his favor, but I guess he, Luigi usually gets a pretty, you know, short stick usually so because he deserves it now (laughs) second second born poor poor luigi pour one out for luigi (laughs) uh up next we've got june 28th diablo 2 again a game i never i've never played too much of but i did watch people play a lot of i was you know i was into uh streamers before streamers were a thing no, I watched my buddy play this a lot. I think this is a game that we have to thank for all of the looters and looter shooters that we now see running amok in the world. Thank you for uh, Borderlands, all of them, I guess. <laughs> thank you for the yeah. destinies of the world. Wow, all of them. Uh, this also recently got a remake. So this is from this is from uh, not Oblivion. Oh man, where's my brain? This is from Blizzard. Blizzard. There we go. Activision Blizzard. Um, just a very, very point and clicky, very like sit and watch your guy beat up on other guys. Uh, game was full of secrets, a bunch of dungeon crawling. Um, that's Is this a sleepy time game? Is this a game that you would boot up on the Steam Deck as you kind of nod off? You know? You know what? I feel like I would just get overrun by too many guys. Yeah. Like there would just be a bunch of guys around me and just like beating me up and then you doze off and then you wake up to find your dead body and like you've lost all your loot. I remember I remember watching a friend play this and I think you can you can battle other people in certain areas and just like there there are so many people trying to scam other people, my buddy included. (laughs) 
He's just trying to get somebody to drop like a good weapon or a good set of armor. Like, hey, I'll give it back. Just like, let me hold it. And then just like you completely turn the game off or whatever. RuneScaping before RuneScaping was a thing. <laughs> I just uh, learned what RuneScape was because of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> oh my god there's a, there's a runescape player and it's hilarious too because like you know they can't say runescape they didn't get permission or whatever so they blur the screen but i was like i think i see through the blur i know what the game <laughs> wait is wait a minute they're mining ore what the fuck wait was it 2007 so, runescape or new runescape well i guess he plays to this it, day so i would assume it was probably modern at the time yeah yeah the but, runescape uh, three would you guys consider this a crpg this is a crpg right Computer like RPG. Com- okay, I was going to ask what the C stands for. <laughs> I mean, Diablo 3 got a lot of audience via the Switch port, and, you know, there's the Diablo 4 is on Xbox. I, I'm surprised this game is still so relevant, because to me, it's like you said, it's the looter shooter. It's like the gameplay loop of dungeon, upgrade your equipment, go back in the dungeon, upgrade mm-hmm. your equipment. Like, that's the whole point. But, like, for me... Why not just play Monster Hunter? Because, like, this top-down view of the world, I never get the sense of, like, oh, I'm in a cool place, and here's click, 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 click. To me, Monster Hunter scratches all those itches, but then I feel like, oh, I'm, like, fighting Godzilla, and I'm, you know, jumping down waterfalls and stuff. It's just less interesting. I give it credit for creating the genre, but I don't really get why people still go back to this. I I get what you're saying from the top-down aspect. Because, I, I mean, for a while I was an RTS guy, and I get the RTS side of it because you're like, oh, no, you're the command, you're commanding this army. You're, like, strategizing. You're putting people in place right. to be to be successful as opposed to, oh, no, you're just controlling this one guy and telling him to swing his sword. So I, I get that. I get what you're saying by the, why not just, just play Monster Hunter? I I'm going to throw even... something out there. I need to see if we're actually soulmates, you guys. Okay. Herx Adventures. Herx Adventures. Is that, like, the <sighs> Disney Hercules? It was my favorite top-down game. I was just trying to establish that I don't hate top-down games. I love a lot of top-down games. Herx Adventures was a um, LucasArts amazing top-down game. Uh, it was like Hades before Hades. It was like a tongue-in-cheek mythology top-down game. Well, it's my understanding but... you hate top-down games. Just pretty <laughs> sure you were shitting all... You were, you were like Disco Elysium? No. Listen, yeah. take another drink of your cat water, okay? Like, I'm not going to take that from you. Like... But yeah, uh... I would say the angle that they're using also doesn't seem particularly surprising given that like I never played this but I was aware of it entirely because I was on Blizzard's Blizzard net too often for StarCraft. Mm-hmm. So I mean this was basically the kind of game that they were doing was this kind of perspective anyway because mm-hmm. they were doing the RTSs because they had this Battle.net War- it's War- Battle.net wasn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Well they did the, they did I feel like I feel like this angle is like a cheat code like they did it because they they didn't want to design a sky <laughs> they're like oh, just just one green ground or one just brown like disgusting dungeon floor we don't have to we don't have to design a sky as opposed no, that's, to. Not, that's not where they get you with this one with this one they say find that secret level and fight the cow god or the cow uh, knight whatever <laughs> oh, it is I forgot about the cow level yeah I think that was my I think it's the first like secret I ever like was aware of in a game. I don't think I, there was anything else. Maybe, maybe like the uncles, uh, maybe the Nintendo uncles of the world that were like telling their nephews, like, if you go under that van in Pokemon, you can catch a Mew. Maybe that oh, was yeah, like the, the truck that you can punch. <laughs> <laughs> I never got a Mew. 
Uh, let's see. Moving down the line. June 29th, Jet Set Radio. Jet Set Radio. Uh, this game, every passing day, this game seems more relevant. It just yeah. seems like, I mean, I'm right. My it's not my sleepy time game, but my I've got like 30 minutes. I'm gonna play a little bit. Is uh, Bomber Cyberfunk, which is I was watching a little bit of this earlier. There's a level that is an exact mirror of like what was playing in this video. That's cool. I mean, I assume it's an homage. Um, or they just you know completely took the assets and they're like, we're gonna take a page from Nintendo. You you know what they did with the, the Zelda games? That's what we're doing. Yeah. Like I even think this character looks pretty similar to a character in the game. Um, oh, Professor K. Uh, I don't know. Like yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if the original game started up this way, but I do like that. At least uh, I played this on Steam like this week to refresh my memory, and it starts off with like a screen of like graffiti is art. Graffiti is also illegal most of the time. Don't graffiti, except yeah, et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> well, and like, the it, super... like it was this weird cover. Like I haven't played any game that involved shooting people. That was like sometimes shooting people is art, but don't shoot people. Well, like, as someone who works distancing. in a public school, I could say that like you know young kids are gonna graffiti on stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like the 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 badness of it. And the accessibility of it is so is so much that I understand why they put it in there. The super sick thing was uh, with this game and even the Xbox sequel, you could uh, you could design your own graffiti. There was a little rudimentary like Microsoft Paint style thing where you would take little colors and you draw with literally whatever you wanted because this wasn't connected to the internet. So not that we drew giant phalluses, but if one was to draw giant phalluses, you could just, yeah, this is before 70, streaming. and 70% yeah. of the people definitely did that. They were all but phalluses. Let's not lie. My, my hot take with this game, and I'm a Sega boy. Like I was, I didn't have a Nintendo console so much later and I love the Dreamcast, but like this game, it's, I don't think it's actually that much fun to actually play. I think it has like style for days. It, the soundtrack is incredible. It it created the cell shaded revolution. I don't know if you guys remember, but in the two thousands, every game was cell shaded. Mm-hmm. It was like you know, it really started something. But the actual gameplay, the way it controls, and like your interactivity with the world is actually not great. So I'm stoked to see that in just the few seconds we've gotten of the reboot coming out, they've added parkour to it. Mm. So you, I think your skates are going to like, the wheels are going to snap up and you can climb Breath of the Wild style to get up to a high point and then grind down it. I think that could be really cool. I'm, I'm excited to try it. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I, again, it's Bob Rush Cyberpunk. I do 30 minute bits of it, but it's because like I kind of get a little bored. I'm like, okay, I did right? this. I did this. Yeah. Tri- I did. I got the point combo I needed. I cleared these enemies over here. I, I painted I uh, painted over someone else's graffiti over here. All right, I'm done. And, and that game tries to change it up because you have the bikes, the skates, and the skateboard. But I mean, at the end of the at the end of it all, it all feels the same. And the, the, the this game was so autopilot. Like the tricks were instant. You just press a button and your character do the same trick. The grinding you couldn't fall off the rail while grinding. And you know, it's almost like if they made a usually game. usually couldn't. Mike you well okay Mike you could press the A button and like fly off at the wrong time but like unless you screwed up it would take care of it for you and uh, I think after playing the next game we're going to talk about it's kind of hard to choose this one because it just feels so passive in comparison oh the next game is so much fun Uh, 
the game you are referring to came out oh september 19th tony Rune x pro skater two. Oh. no 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 <laughs> wrong he's wrong he's wrong tony x pro skater 2 uh i believe this was still so i think the big thing that really like was next level for tony hawk was when they added the ollie and i always get it mixed up if this was the one where they added the ollie or if it was three you mean the manual the Man- yeah, the manual. I'm sorry, the manual. Okay. Okay, the Ollie was. <laughs> You're like, you dumb motherfucker. He's Ollie right I'm just there. saying, like the whole game is Ollieing. So I was like, not to be that guy, but. Uh, you know, sometimes I just mix up words. You know, I'm from the Midwest. We don't. This was the game that added the manual, though, the way to link tricks from one to the other. And I think the I think level design wise, the levels were just better compared to the first one. Like, yeah, you look back at the first one and you know warehouse, you know the um, this... the one that's like the the obstacle course. But you look at this one, you see school, you see the level with the plane in it in the beginning. Uh, I believe the U the Ros- Roswell levels in two as well. Uh, the... I thought there's maybe there's the the first one had something that had an alien spacecraft in it. Maybe, maybe I'm getting it mixed up again. <laughs> I distinctly, I distinctly remember alien spacecraft. Because I think if you had it, if you had it set so that you wouldn't actually fall when grinding, it, you could just grind this nice circle like where the spacecraft was for forty-five minutes. I think you're right, and yeah, you could just you could just it's an it was a nice little exploit. I think yeah. three, it's. I mean, the series as a whole, like from one to four, is just really like ubiqu- ubiquitous. Like the fact that I'm getting all these levels mixed up, <laughs> it just two and three just felt like it had really found its groove. At this point, the game had had some copycats. I think the the biking game was that Mike Hoffman, the surfing game was that Dave Mira. I don't know all the, all the BMX Triple X, BMX Triple X, <laughs> where you could unlock footage of actual strippers. <laughs> You don't remember that, Nick? I never had. A, I never had. It a was copy. the game too hot for. I mean, it got it. It, had, it, it deliberately caused a lot of controversy. But yeah, Ooh. you could. There was like nude codes, and it's like, don't worry, we show it all. And there was actual like stripper footage, and it, I mean, uh, weird, weird game. But I mean, this game though, like, it, has there ever like been like such a intuitive? game like the controls of this game they nail it on the first try mm-hmm. you know that you holding down the button to crouch so now you're speeding up but then also you release it and then you're jumping everything feels right the very first time you pick it up and i i didn't pick up the the re-release the high def re-release they recently did but i heard really good things about it i wanted to buy it on switch but i heard that's like the absolute worst version but i was like i want to play this in the tub like I don't want to like, like I don't. I don't know if you guys are tub gamers with your Steam decks, but if you want uh, to take your laptop into the tub, uh, they just, just did release it on Steam, I believe. I think it is now on Steam. Pretty sure. It is. I feel like I'd be nervous with a Steam Deck in the tub, though. Like, I'm actually not joking. Like I play my Switch in the tub. Don't judge me. No, oh, like, you, <laughs> you can pull with, the Steam Deck off. You yeah, can, you can pull it off in the tub. Yeah, but it's so worth so much, and it's so heavy. And your Switch isn't. <laughs> I mean, at this point. <laughs> Hey, do what I did for Nick. Just go go to GameStop, get a refurbished uh, sixty four gig one. It was like just about three hundred bucks. Not bad. It's not a bad. No, deal. it's bad at all. That's after tax, by the way. All I'm saying uh, is, Tony Hawk, re- bring Tony Hawk back. 
What's well, so I was going to ask since Jim will brought it up. Just did. Bring it back again. Bring it back. Bring it back again a third time. With the re-release, did they still include the secret characters like Darth Maul, Spider-Man? Probably not. I say I assumed at that point the copyright was probably up, and they just said, "No, we'll do everybody." They even at one point were considering pulling Tony at that point. Now Tony's too much. Activision <laughs> probably called Disney and were like, "Hey, can we can we have?" Darth Maul, Spider. The fact that the fact that all those characters are now under the same roof kind of blows my mind. Like, oh, these are all separate IP entity, like owned by different things, and now they're all under the house. It's of the only mouse. a matter of time until Disney owns Tony Hawk. Stop it, Mike! Do not talk that into existence. Oh, They'll the make story him... bottom. Tony go Hawk to... has a. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No. No, that, that that was the end of that comment. Oh, okay. Tony Hawk. <laughs> to, Tony Hawk has a great social media because he always documents when people like recognize him or more hilariously fail to recognize him. And my favorite one was like someone walked up to him, you know, not thinking he was Tony Hawk, but thinking he looked like Tony Hawk. So the person comes up and goes, "Excuse me, I don't mean to bother you, but have you? Do you know what that guy Tony Hawk looks like?" And he's like, "Yeah, this." Like, <laughs> like... what a random thing to ask Tony Hawk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's a treasure. You just so happen to look like him. Disney buys Tony also, Hawk and the, they just make him ride the half pipe all day at Disney World doing 900s. Well, the rest add, of us can ride Tony, the Tony Add Hawk. Tony Hawk to the uh, um, Disney Princess line. Oh my God. New Wait, are we, saying, are we saying Disney's going to have a better Tony Hawk ride than Six Flags? Yes. Yes, we Isn't are. Isn't Tony Hawk ride just a skate park? <laughs> like, there was, so, I think there was a skate park in it, but like it was like it was the boom boom hook jam, and you had to like pull the lever to make the, your side spin, and then the people across from you pulled their lever to make their side spin, and it would spin as you were riding down the rails, and it was it was okay, it was all right. I if I wrote it now, it'd, spin. if I wrote it now, it'd fuck up my back. But yeah, I, I will say I can't place why, but the controls for on the Switch, I have found frustrating. Hmm. And I'm not sure why that is yet. I think it's That's the buttons. Like, I remember this game not being small. as frustrating to play. Mm. I think it's small oh, buttons. Anytime, made... anytime I play anything on the Switch now, I'm like, man, these buttons like making my hands hurt. Like I can't even play Goose Game on it. Oh, you have to do a Pro Controller almost half the. I mean, that's what I was doing for the longest time because I'd never played it with the the Joy Cons. I was stuck using the Pro Controller because my I'm, I'm like Nick. I'm pressing A and B at the same time. Or like, son of a bitch. That's not. I'm not meaning to do that. Or I'm clicking <laughs> do, the shoulder buttons instead of the triggers. I do keep pausing in the middle of tricks sometimes. And I, I also just don't know if... Because I think it's... So it's Tony Hawk 1 and 2 as, like, one thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's got Tony Hawk 2 features added into Tony Hawk 1. So it's more like they just brought the levels from Tony Hawk 1 over into a later version. Yeah. Remake 3. 3 is the one everybody wants. You don't even have to touch four. Four is just underground. Four is just there. Underground, underground two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, October fifteenth, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, arguably, uh, some of the best JRPGs ever released? Question mark. I'd say up there with Ruby and, and uh, Sapphire. I mean, it's definitely the greatest release date of all time. October fifteenth. Is that your birthday? birthday? Yeah. <laughs> Try to throw yeah, the anniversary. This game Mine's gets a lot of credit. The the new game plus mode of this was just the entire first game. Like, the entirety of Red and Blue is accessible. You go back to the old continent, you go through all the old towns, all the old gym leaders. And it's just like, 
like super first of all how cool yeah. to secretly give us the old game but also like kind of revealed how small that game was <laughs> if you could <laughs> just tack on the entire thing as an extra but was, i mean again was... oh, well, i was just gonna say but this goes back to my thing of like this is this is to me the nintendo problem of like when i played this game i liked it but i was like this is the same game am i gonna keep paying for the same game and you're just gonna change what the pokemon look like and sure enough like you know 12 games later i'm still doing that although I mean, you know shout out shout out to the new ones the new ones were a grand experiment because I'm, they really changed things up for the first time i mean i throw in games like this up there with sports games you give me an updated roster you yeah. remove one feature you add two new ones yeah good point i i think it i I think because I wasn't big on the generation after this. I think this is where the series peaked. I mean, mm. yeah, everyone liked double battling Pokemon, but I'm like, ah, you know, I'm I'm a one I'm a one at a time kind of guy when it comes to my Pokemans. And the uh, well, first of all, we have to talk about the Mill Tank in this game, <laughs> the Mill Tank, and just how awful that Pokemon was. To what? Beat. No, oh, to my beat. God, that- the, the third boss, Goldenrod City, you're fighting that mill tank. It would roll over you, and then if you killed it, and then if you if you almost killed it, it would just drink its own milk and be right back to where it started. <laughs> Don't even. I am mill tank. Like get rid of mill tank. If Pal World wants to, if Pals want to take over mill tank and like give it a gun, go over there, mill tank. I am not looking at you. No, no. Uh, this had a day and night mode. I thought that was really cool. I don't know if they yeah. do that anymore because I haven't played Pokemon in forever. Yeah, they do. Do they? Was that tied to an in-game clock or real-time? Real-time. No, that was in-game. No, it was real-time. Yeah. I remember being annoyed because I would play it after school and it would be like, I'm sick of all these night Pokemon. And you would just go in and you'd just change the clock on your Game Boy. You'd cheat. We all cheated. It was very easy Yeah, it was definitely real-time. Yeah. Yeah, because I basically, I played the first Pokemon and then... Any later generations, I did not know about until Pokemon Go. So I've got a whole... Everything from Gen 2 on, there's a chunk that just have names where it's like, this is close enough to the real name for me to, <laughs> like, for someone to know what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. So I think two of the starters in this, I, for a long stretch, just referred to them as um, Chiquita and uh, Chocodile. Crocodile and, uh, uh, well, it's Totodile and it's Chikorita, no, sir. <laughs> No, he's he's saying that's how he called them. Um, oh, who, who, oh, oh, yeah. gotcha. Who would you all pick? I was always a plant guy, so I was Chikorita. I was split between Cyndaquil and uh, Totodile. Well, would you keep the same type from game to game? Because like, I always do plant. My younger brother always does fire. My older brother always does water. I think yep. I tended more towards fire. Yep, I was more all fire. It bugs me that to this day they're called like grass type. And it's like these are like jungle vine Pokemon. They're not grass. Like do they these are the things that do they <laughs> do they still follow the uh cuz I mean in the first game and I think in this one like grass is considered hard, the hard mode. Yeah. Uh, or is, is it fire? I forget which but like there was always like a one that you picked you were going to have a harder path. And yeah, it was always the, it was always the, the same gyms. one. Yeah. Right. Because like if you fight the fire gym earlier, then grass has the hardest time, mm-hmm. and I think that's how it shakes out. I mean, and if you're gonna complain about types, like isn't Charizard still like not a dragon? Did, well, I yeah. think that I, wait they haven't they haven't gone back and done that? He's still I fire think his, flying. 
I think his mega evolution yeah. is considered a dragon, but I don't That's still right. think his standard is uh, fire. Well, and it's only one of the mega evolutions I think is dragon. Yeah. What's the other one like? Fairy or? I think it's just more fire. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you get double fire. Uh, eh, if gold and silver is still my favorite. I like them. I think they did a lot of good, and then Game Freak and Nintendo turned around and said, mm, "Give that all back." You. Uh, <laughs> I I argue that Crystal is the better version. I mean, it's the same generation, Josh. I'm not going to split hairs. It with is, you but on isn't it, when Crystal isn't Crystal technically the yellow of the community where you could go in and get all of the beginning Pokemon? Uh, well, and Crystal added battle animations, like yeah. the you know, which oh. which seems small, but you know, yeah, the, which is cool. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, moves. back in the day, it was cool. Yeah. Well, and you know, there was other RPGs that had full animation, so it always frustrated me. Like, why am I playing with a cardboard cutout? Like move, like so. <laughs> well, why are we sitting there catching the alphabet? God damn it! Why are we doing that, guys? Guys, time out. You could make your Pokemon go to daycare and make an egg. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? Isn't that enough? That doesn't that move you? Who cares if your it Pokemon should be, are moving? But that that created the whole Pokemon breeding like sub game that has become a game in and of itself. Um, ever since. Yeah, I think shinies are disgusting. I think it's really and dumb. I that, suppose like, is. Sorry, what's oh, up? Actually, so is is this where the shinies came, came in? Because I also just think it's weird to look at a Pokemon game that's in color. Um, which at this point I've discovered people don't even realize that the original one, like, came out at a point where Game Boy was not in color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was ye- was uh-huh. yellow the jump? I think yellow was the jump. Right? Thought, yeah, I thought was. yellow was the jump. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I do yeah, think. So did this introduce the shinies? Gold and silver were the shinies, yeah. Oh, this is where we yellow. We can't forget the awesome. Hey, connect this to uh, Pokemon Stadium, and you'll get uh, Pikachu who can surf. Uh, I hate like surfing Pikachu. <laughs> if there was one thing Nintendo did well back then, it was hey, you need this RAM plugin. Hey, you need the GBA plugin so you can put your oh, Pokemon they, in this they, game. They knew how to sell their accessories. Goddamn it! If they're, oh, they if they're good for anything, they knew what they were doing. They're like, hey, you want to print a picture of your Pokemon from your Game Boy? <laughs> we got a printer you can put in your fucking Game Boy. Hey, want to talk to this Pikachu? You got to buy this mic. (laughs) Uh, Hey, that was the games. Josh, you got some news for us? Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister? It's time for old news. Yeah, some old news. Oh, it's old news. Yeah, so uh, let's go down this list. Uh... February, uh, no known date, uh, Electronic Arts acquired DreamWorks Interactive, the games division of DreamWorks SKJ, SKG, becoming EA Los Angeles. He still still messed that up. (laughs) Yeah, that was bad, guys. I'm sorry. It's been a while since I've done this. He hasn't Uh, done old news. Yeah, so prior, so when they were DreamWorks Interactive, they were the guys who made, like, a bunch of the Goosebump games, and they made the original Medal of Honor. Uh, once they became EA Los Angeles, they were mainly the Medal of Honor. They are also the guys who did the GoldenEye Rogue Agent, um, <laughs> Command and Conquer 3, Tiberium Wars, Lord of the Rings, Battle for Middle-Earth 2. Is it safe to like assume? Like 1 and 2. Is it safe to assume they're not around anymore? Uh, Yeah, I think they were closed. I mean, it's EA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can they, I say... 2013 is when they went to funk. 
I just want to um, uh, pour one out for DreamWorks Interactive because they made a game that was really big in the Strauss household, which was Lost World Chaos Island, which if you guys don't know what that is, it is a top down Blizzard style strategy game where you played as the dinosaurs or you played as the humans. And it was it was it was real wonky. It was a very strange game, but it was kind of cute because they would try to recreate moments from the Lost World movie via top down Starcraft style play. <laughs> so like, you know, the tall grass moment when the raptors are running through the grass. And so you have that level where you have to just get your human players from point A to point B. And there's a bunch of tall grass in between. So, you know, it was kind of cool. Grass, and like, tall grass seems a lot less uh, stressful from top down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that game, that game was that game was cool. So I saw DreamWorks Interactive. I'm like, oh yeah, Chaos Island. No one remembers that game, but look it up on YouTube. It's it's a fun little curio. So you had the choice between playing humans and dinosaurs, and you picked humans. Oh, I mean, you I could say you could you. do either one. Yeah, because well, they. I was gonna say, unless I can be a human with a rocket launcher and blow up a T Rex. No, you couldn't kill no. the dinosaurs. You could tranquilize them. Oh, that's not a <laughs> Give me a bazooka. Then you're like, yeah, well, I'll attach that bitch to a T-Rex. We'll go flying and we'll kill all of them. We're going to be good. Hashtag if you can't writers. kill them, could you at least capture them and put them in a small ball? You can capture them if you're playing as like the in-gen people who are like, you know, pillaging the lost world. But no, no Pokeballs or yeah. Popey Balls. <laughs> no, no guns, no catching them in balls. No pal no balls, fun. damn. No wonder they're not around anymore. <laughs> Uh, moving on, April 14th, Reuters reports that the PlayStation 2 console would have export controls placed on it by the Trade Ministry of Japan as the PS2 is sophisticated enough for military applications. This just reminds me of, remember the movie Chappie? Didn't they yes. use like a, didn't the movie <laughs> Chappie use like, didn't they use a bunch of PS4s to like build Chappie? I'm pretty sure they did, yeah. <laughs> I remember this being in the news and I remember thinking like, wow, my military is not as sophisticated as I thought it was because it was something like if you get like 10 PlayStation twos or something, you can like launch a missile or something. I was like, are we more vulnerable than I realized? And I can't (laughs) believe this hasn't come up since because game consoles have gotten a lot more advanced and a lot more connected to the internet. You know what I mean? So I I think it's more that the rest of computing has gotten advanced and a bit less, tied to larger computers that I can kind of see the, as you get to smaller components, then it becomes a bit of benefit. But like at this point, I don't think there's that much of a, you're not getting, making any more breakthroughs on that. Yeah, I guess so. I like to think that someone called in a kid for bringing his PlayStation two and then in his backpack. (laughs) <laughs> like, we, are you trying to they, launch a missile <laughs> they evacuate the school they <laughs> they send in the bomb squad <laughs> nuclear launch detected I appreciate that at, at this point everything's shifted from we're concerned about the consoles to now it's just people on on video games that are leaking military secrets every three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh god, yeah. Doing it for clout on their Discord servers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you dare you dare me to, to go ahead and post all these plans onto uh uh border, uh World of Tanks? Bet. Here we go. Don't mean yeah, to I bring just it. love that attitude of it's like, no, this part of the tank is not correct. Here's the here's my proof. And it's like I don't think that matters. <laughs> 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 Guys, these they are they're, they're simulations. They're not the actual thing. Yeah, I, the... I don't get why the only people on the internet who are sourcing their arguments when they're 
trying to show that they're right are like committing treason in the process. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very questionable, guys. Like, come on. Anybody it's, it's, know anything it's... about any lodge codes? <laughs> I'm just gonna leave this Discord real quick. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm all serious. Like, let's let's be honest. Right now, the closest thing now that we get to like an application like this would be the whole submarine. Uh, the oh, lost the submarine. The controller. Yeah, with the little Logitech controller. <laughs> like, that's what it's come to now, is we're... Had, had I stepped into that sub and been like, I'm going, and then seen that controller, I would have, like, immediately turned back around. Like, no, but the problem I'm... is there was a bunch of rich people going in there going, oh, yeah, this is great, this is sophisticated, we spent thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on this, and they didn't know what a Logitech controller was. They're like, this is quaint, look at this, this is I, cute. Like, I guarantee you, if they would have saw a Steam Deck or something, they would have been like, uh, do I trust this? But no, they saw the Logitech, they went, oh, that was, that's an interesting looking controller, I've never seen that before. I like to imagine somewhere in the in an alternate history, somewhere in the late '90s, a submarine crashed at the Titanic that was being piloted by like a Virtua Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the uh, what was the Nintendo's first attempt of their VR, like a VR, where it was like Virtua Boy. That, that was Virtua is that Virtua Boy? Boy? Yep. yep. Yeah. Man, Keep up. I'm, you know what? We're gonna move on. Uh, same month, Nintendo confirms that they sold its 100 millionth Game Boy slash Game Boy Color handheld game console. Way to inflate the numbers, Nintendo, by bumping lumping them together. Yeah. Well, they basically are the same. Just, the only difference is color and size, really. I'm just but being I, shitty. What struck me about this one, though, is it's like Nintendo with the Game Boy, like, invented mobile gaming, mm-hmm. you know, by and large. And they were sort of the undisputed king the entire time, up to the point of the Switch, which has sort of made mobile gaming as a category irrelevant. You know, because like with the Steam Deck and Switch, like it's mobile, it's home. That's sort of become the same thing. Yeah. So I I just think you got to give some credit to them just dominating the idea of like, what are you going to play on the bus? We can have. I mean, and I had a PSP. I loved my PSP. It was so nice. But, but you know, yeah, there it is. (laughs) I've got my PS Vita somewhere. I was gonna say, no one knows where their Vita is. Mine's somewhere over there in my left. I just haven't pulled it out. Yeah. (laughs) But how cool though? Like, I thought it was yeah. cool. No, it's 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 one of those things where I wish Nintendo would have spent more time on, especially as it got older. Because the Game Boy Advance was also really cool. I feel like the DS was a cool concept, but they kind of just poor execution with it. I I don't know. I I mean, I wish they would have paid a little more attention to it, and I wish companies would have taken a little more. Uh, initiative with it when seeing how well nintendo was doing it like and in theory the psp was fantastic the only things it was missing content and a right thumbstick yeah that was literally it that's two things and you fixed you made you made the next evolution of the gaming console you made the steam or the uh nintendo switch before it became the nintendo switch yeah it's definitely like you know what you said with the ds it's like some of the best games don't even really use that second screen. No. And that that alone tells you that, like, you didn't really fully flesh this out. Same thing with the Wii U. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's a cool idea, but you never really committed to it enough. But Either that or you ran out of time. Because I'm trying to think now. So with the DS, I think I can only name, like, three games that utilized the second screen that was not a map. Dogs. Okay. Castlevania. Uh... Honestly, any of them, because they all used it, because they had the ability where you had to break the ice by using your stylus to, <laughs> to swipe at it. And Metroid uh, Prime Hunters. 
Yeah, but with Castlevania, didn't it use the upper screen as the map? Like, no, like... no, so the, t- the top screen was the actual game and the bottom screen was uh, the map. But, but you used, yeah, you used it to do the thing. To, yeah. yeah. And you also, for uh, Area of Sorrow, you had to use it to draw the pentagram. Oh, sure. To seal them or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think at, at any point, all of that feels like it was sort of, there was a race against the clock to do what they could with any kind of mobile gaming like that. Because it feels like really the big game changer that was going to come up was that as soon as you get to cell phones, you have a whole bunch of people who don't feel they need to buy a console mm-hmm. or whatever they're going to do on their phone. Yeah. Which is like, not bad either, but the Nintendo just, what, started entering the mobile game, or the cell phone gaming in, what, 20... What? I think the first game was the Mario, like the Mario Runner. Yeah, that Mario yeah, Runner Super was Mario 2016. Run. Yeah. yeah. And that one breaks my heart because that was that Nintendo's like, we're not going to do microtransactions. Buy it once, you get everything. And nobody bought it. It it bombed. And so the Nintendo with Fire Emblem was like, okay, we're going to take advantage of you. And everybody loved it. (laughs) And Fire Emblem, you know, so like we could have had something really nice. And this is why we can't have nice things. Because when the game companies do it right, they're not rewarded for it. Yeah. It's it's the real turning point in society in 2016. It really is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And nothing else interesting happened in 2016. (laughs) Moving on, though. Uh, May 11th to 13th. The 6th Annual Electronic Entertainment Expo, E3, RIP, uh, is held along with the 3rd Annual Game Critics Awards for the best of E3. So this is 2000. Um, trying let's, to play, let's play a little game. You want to do that? Play a little oh, game? All right, let's do it. All right, so... I actually have to pull up the list because it's not pulling up on that one. Um, it's going to make me a liar. Just pull it. You're fucking up uh, podcast. You're Nick, 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 fill the dead air. Fill the dead air. The I'd like to air. play a game, but I can't. Josh, <laughs> so I can't is, open it. <laughs> Josh is a post-production nightmare. Uh, I just remember we did this talking about it. Well, I'll fill the dead air by saying that E3 went public um, a couple years before it went under, and I regret never going. I always wanted to go as a kid when it was like the industry exclusive, and I used to be like, if I only knew a gaming journalist, I could go to E3. And then somewhere in my like you know late twenties or early thirties, it became something where you just buy a ticket to go, and I never went. And it was held in L.A. Like I had no excuse, and now it's too late. It's gone for good. Okay, here we go. I've got a list. Well, speaking <laughs> of gone wants... for good, Nick is not there. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course he's not there. Damn it! He had to um, give his cat another shot at the water jug. Here, homie, I got you. All right, Nick, you ready for this list? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so let's start with Activision. Uh, what do you guys think Activision was showing at 2003? Oh, I'm going to be bad at this. Oh, uh, Tony Hawk 3. Let's have just Nick guess. Like, Close, I, Nick. I, Close. <laughs> Tony Hawk 2? Yep. Dang. <laughs> uh, they were probably... Oh, what else was what what else were they rocking? So they had Neversoft. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else Activision would have been showing. We had Spider-Man. That's right. Uh, Spider-Man's... Wait, Spider-Man, not the open world one, the one based on the movie. No. It was was the the PS1, the comic book one. Oh, that one was cool. Yeah. It's a good game. That had a cool last boss. It had um, Carnage Octopus. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, Dr. Octopus gets Carnage 
goo yep. and it's, it's terrifying that chase scene oh yeah and, and difficult <laughs> yes. even as an adult yeah uh they were also doing dark rain too nobody knows who that what that is josh <laughs> okay, move, move along return to wolf uh, castle wolfenstein people know who what that is <laughs> okay there we go okay we'll move down uh just because they had their uh, remaster of it come out, uh, Atlas had Persona 2 there. I feel like people oh, didn't really? really start caring about that Persona long until ago. 3. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. I wouldn't have guessed it was that old. Uh, Bandai did Digimon World. <laughs> Those games were okay. Shut your mouth. The second one's the best. Bioware, Baldur's Gate 2, and Neverwinter okay. Nights. I mean, it was, they were never the same. <laughs> Blizzard. Did with... Digimon World, when they showed it there, did that have guns? Yes. <laughs> yes. Asking the important questions. They had hot babes dressed as Digimon with guns. Nice. Uh, Blizzard, Diablo 2, Warcraft 3. Man, that's a fucking great year. Oh, it gets better. Bungie with Halo and Oni. But were people... Oni. Were people look was it was it Halo first person shooter or was it Halo RTS? I guess it would be first person shooter. It was first person shooter. Still, but were people clamoring for that? Like at that E three, were they like mm, that Halo game? No, I think that's probably when they released like the trailer uh, for it. Like, right? But like, were were people watching that trailer and being like, "This is gonna change gaming. This is gonna change how we play shooters on consoles." No, but Capcom definitely uh, definitely brought their. Uh, powerhouses in uh we've got capcom versus snk dino crisis 2 mega man legends 2 mega man x5 onimusha warlords you're resident evil you're survivor embar- you're embarrassing yourself resident <laughs> evil zero street fighter ex3 street fighter 3 third strike i mean come Woo! on Best that, fighting game ever made. That was the first, like that was the first good thing you said that whole sentence, Josh. No, I could have said Breath of Fire four. All right, give us. I give can't us one believe more. how many games are just released. Like, like they, wow, this was this is like the peak of the industry. Like, I feel when it was just throw money at everything. Sorry, what was the last one? And, and now everyone gets two. Yeah, now everyone gets two or three games a year, and you'll like it. All right, I'll bring this. This next one would be my last one. Konami. They have that one. Konami. Oh, Kon- oh, Konami. Okay, sorry, yeah. Uh, Gradius 3 and 4. Metal Gear Solid for the PC. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. The Mummy. <laughs> Silent Scope. And Silent Zo- Scope! And Zone of the Enders. Silent Scope. Zone of the Enders, the game that had a demo of Metal Gear Solid 2, and that's why anyone played it and bought yeah. it. I I actually fell in love with it and I didn't realize how short of a game it was until I beat it and was like, that's it. And then I played the second one again and was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Why didn't we get this with the first one? Yeah. Cause you got your demo. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> that's all I was there for is the demo. So yeah, that was E3 in a nutshell for 2000. All right. P little buddy. Moving on June 19th. Microsoft acquired Bungie. And they were never the same. <laughs> They were good. With, I think they were good with Microsoft. They had a seven year. Uh, they had a ten year stretch. Yeah, I think I think it was good. And then when Big Brother Activision came in and said, "Hey, we'll help you. Don't worry," 
That's when the drugs came in. That that was no 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 no. Activision did not give Bungie drugs. Bungie got on drugs known as Destiny, and then Activision came in and said, "Hey, I can give you more money for drugs." Hey, hey, it's okay. I got you. Wait, so they're the pimp, basically. They 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 hooked them up and kept supplying. They, they they kept Bungie. Yeah, they're like, oh, you do you you know how you guys used to do stellar single player and awesome multiplayer. Now you guys are going to be games as a service. Hope you guys like the next ever, ten years. Has there ever been a more prolific acquisition? Microsoft acquiring Bungie, like they created their entire brand, their entire console. Like I was trying to think of any other acquisition that was just completely, you know, uh, had the impact of this one. I could, nothing really came to mind. Mm. I mean, I guess a second close would be. No, I don't know. I'd say yeah. that I on mean, the this on... is adjacent, but uh, Chuck E. Cheese was bought by a competitor at Chuck E. Cheese, which then just rebranded itself to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's on the same footing. They're the same earth shaking. Uh... <laughs> they have games. There you go. I was going to say on the complete opposite side of it is Sony's acquisition of um, <clears throat> Insomniac and turning them into the Marvel studio and completely losing their identity. Yeah, that's true. You, know, you make Spider-Man now. <laughs> Dear God. That's all you're known for. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> what is my purpose? You make Spider-Man games. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that should have been the meme. Oh. Swinging, ar- <laughs> swinging around as Spider-Man is cool for a game or two. Is it cool? Is it 10 years cool? Do you want hey, to do that get, for the next 10 getting, years, guys? They're getting Wolverine next. They'll have some difference. They get an angry Canadian this time. Wolverine, Logan, or is it called Wolverine? It's called, it's called Wolverine. That better be violent because our friend Brian and I, we played through X-Men Origins Wolverine. I don't know if you guys remember that game based on the, that game was sick oh, because yeah. it was as violent as a Wolverine game should be. Mm-hmm. You were lopping off limbs. You were throwing people into helicopter blades and like, oh. I, 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 I hope they go like hard R on this game because otherwise it. it's not going to be fun to slash people and just. No, if there if there's no blood or dismemberment, I don't want it. Yeah, I think there will be though. That promo image of the claws and the really bloody knuckle. I'm like, okay, they're sending a message about what this is gonna. Yeah, but I feel like all they're gonna do is cut people up or just see blood flood in the air. I actually want to cut somebody's limbs. I want to be able to do a grapple. Yeah, if it's gonna get a little graphic here, Nick, you might have to cut this part out. I want to chop someone's dick off. Jesus. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Would you accept swing on an intestine? (laughs) (laughs) moving on uh june 30th nintendo's yes system yes system ceases to receive broadcast i can't believe that was still in operation that late honestly i the only thing i can think of that came from that was that um legend of zelda link to the past uh thing they did yeah that's the only one that comes to mind We've talked about this a couple times on our podcast because I didn't know this existed until researching for the old switcheroo.com. Uh, but the, um, you know, the Satellaview was this thing you could download via um, via your satellite radio. There was a peripheral you'd attach to your Super Nintendo and you could download entire games. And what was cool is that a lot of them were NES games with enhanced graphics. Mm-hmm. So it's like the best way to play some of these NES games. The coolest one Mike and I have come across, I think, is the Mario themed Excite Bike. 
So it's the Mario characters on the Excite bikes, but they added like coins to the track and you can get power ups. And so it's oh, like cool. a drastically more. In- yeah. And it's really cool, but they've never re-released it. They'd never really even acknowledged it existed. And so, you know, justice for the Satella view, because it seemed like a kind of a cool thing they did for way longer than I would have expected. Did did somebody by chance like save a copy somewhere in the world? And there's a ROM somewhere out there. Oh, probably. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure there is, but. This sounds this sounds too ahead of everybody else of Nintendo because I think of Nintendo and I think oh here comes Nintendo five steps behind everybody like hey you no. guys want to you guys want to chat and play uh, Splatoon three well I mean we've we're got, a, talking we've about got the, an app we're talking about the same <laughs> yeah. company though that for some odd reason in the United States or at least North America never really like pushed out their online gaming for the GameCube that was a huge thing in Japan with yeah. the ability to be able to play with your friends from across you know several cities and it's weird because like nintendo isn't the only game company to get in there first with online gaming but just really struggle to find success with it so josh you want to take us to the next one because (laughs) it is literally that (laughs) yeah september 10th uh sega.com punches sega their online console gaming network which if i remember correctly nothing ever worked yeah, but listen, and, and you know, but Fantasy Star Online would eventually become the online game. True. And and people played the heck out of it, and they just, I don't know, they failed to keep up with trends, or they rest on their laurels or something, but it's just like, Nintendo and Sega were, well, so Nintendo was there for the downloadable game, Sega was in there with the online gameplay, but it really wasn't until Xbox, I would say. I mean, you know, you have the PlayStation 2 with the SOCOM you know, online adapter, but that was kind of the only game. And Xbox was the first console to be like, Hey, play a bunch of your games online. And it just breaks my heart because there's an alternate timeline where Sega had a dreamcast two with a really good online mode. And, it's and they bought Nintendo and they bought <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, if it's, they, it's, if, it's... <laughs> if Sega, if Sega had survived the dreamcast, I think they'd still be making consoles. I think they'd still be in the running. Cause I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was a rough part. I mean, yeah. it was a rough part for Nintendo also. Like, yeah. Sega, or Sega, Sony and uh, Microsoft were eating a little more of their lunch than they thought w- was going to. Yep. Well, Microsoft just had the advantage of everybody else because they were already working with computers. They already knew what they were messing with when it came to the internet, where, yeah, Sony was more experimental, definitely, because, like you said, SOCOM, and the only other game I could think of that had online capabilities was Ratchet and Clank Deadlock. Oh, I forgot they is. did a Ratchet and Clank online. Yeah, was it, a, it was, was it a it was multiplayer the arena, shooter? It well, it was the arena. So basically, you could have rather than having the two bots on your team, you would have your second person playing with you, who was like a second Ratchet. Oh, that's rad. That's yeah. cool. But yeah, as far as that goes, I don't think there was anything else really for the PlayStation. There. I mean, I'm sure there was, but as far as like off the top of my head or actually like having a list, like that's that's the only two things I could be like. I do remember that. Oh, I guess technically Final Fantasy Eleven. It was it was real oh, scattered. Yeah. It was scattered. Like you never and it sounds like getting things running on PlayStation 2 for a little bit there was touch and go. Yeah. Oh, it was all on dial up still. So everything was super I think I think Xbox was the first time it wasn't dial up and everybody was just like, "Oh, this is so cool. It's so fast." So fast. Look, I can teabag my friend and he can but, see it instantly across the US of A. But we were also we were also crossing a very dangerous yeah, like there was a uh, time you had to teabag your friends in person. Yes. Oh god. I don't know if teabagging was a thing yet what i missed the most during covid i was like man i just want to get out and teabag my friends hey those halo physics though when they included the teabagging oh man 
What's uh, let's finish up, Josh. Yeah, last thing we got, there is not an official date, but uh, in tw- in two thousand, Hopcap Games was formed. Probably, and I, you know, I try I try not to be like, hey, everyone, worship your favorite developers and all. That. Probably my favorite like developer for a long time between Plants vs Zombies, Peggle, Garden Warfare. They they just seemed to be a good chunk of time where Popcap Games was taking a lot of risk, releasing a lot of fun puzzle games, and then like branching out into like, hey, we're doing a we're doing a hero shooter, but with our plants and zombies. Is is Garden Warfare still, or is it on uh, Game Pass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garden Warfare too, but again, uh, Popcap Games it made Bejeweled, which you know was the father of Candy Crush. You know, yeah. like they really figured out, like, if you just have really bright colors, very simple one thumb gameplay, it's just an endorphin machine, you know, so lay back and, and play around with your phone for a few minutes. I mean, it created the whole mobile genre, I would argue. Yeah, it's just the addictiveness of just matching the shapes. And that's something that's been around, you know, since like Tetris, but the original they, mobile sin. Yeah, they refined it and they made a whole industry out of it. And now we have them also to thank Zuma. for all these bad these bad game ads that we see on like the different social medias that don't even play like how the ad shows it's them. It's because (laughs) of them. Sons of bitches. Yeah. I think I have to check it out. There's a game on steam that markets itself as they basically just built the games you see in all those ads (laughs) with the idea that one purchase, you just get to try that stuff out and you don't have this tease of like, I think I'd like to try that. I think but I pr- I'm not downloading that. I don't trust it. It's got it's got a crazy name, right? It's got like a real long and crazy name, kind of like what it, kind of the sentence you just said. We got those yeah. games, so you, why don't you? It's it's like we've got those games, so why don't you come game them or something? So now I gotta Google it. It is something weird like that. Yeah. What a small it's called. Yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. Is that it? <laughs> Oh my god, no. Is that it? That is yes. it. <laughs> That's a rad title. It's $10. Mike, you thought my you thought my titles were bad. That's rad. Josh, you can gift Josh, you can gift that game to me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've got those games. So why don't Nick, you if them? I buy this, you have to stream it live. I will Oh, I, will I already bought this. <laughs> <laughs> what a great name. I that someone... like, I'm pretty sure this is on my on my wish list. I think, and it's like, nope in the library. <laughs> They're literally showing every fucking game right now. It's blowing my mind. It's only <laughs> only 27 seconds in, and I'm I'm seeing every fucking game. I'm like, oh my god, I want to play that. Josh, unblow your mind real quick. You got a meme for us? Me time. Yes, I sure do. Um, it's the. Same between Link and, uh, I believe it's the Deku King, isn't it? Uh, it's like the it. Deku Butler. De- De- Deku Butler. Uh, and he's talking to Link saying, actually, when I see you, I'm reminded of my son who left home long ago. And it's uh, Mr. Incredible, uh, normal face, uh, people who, who don't know. And then it's the black and white shadowy people who know. And the- I don't know. So, so I don't care. <laughs> I'm the guy on the left. I'm happy, Mr. Incredible, because I I'm guessing this is messed up if you go into the whole stages of grief theory. The sun is dead. Right. And your your character is wearing his face. Like your <gasps> mask is his face. 
Oh, his actual face? <laughs> yeah. Dark. Yeah. Whoa. So, Majora's Mask goes places. Um, Josh, good meme. You, you've Thank recovered you. from the few bad ones you've had recently. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. That's the show. We made it to the end. I think this might be our longest episode that isn't a Game of the Year episode. But that's okay, because we had a lot of... A lot of great games to talk about. Some great guests over here. I, guests? Is, is it guests or is it friends at this point? I mean, come oh, on. Oh, I don't know. Come I on. think it's soulmates. I think come we're, we're, we're kind of... <laughs> you know, I'm not quite ready. I, you know, I don't... No, you didn't know what Herx Adventures was, so we're not quite ready. You're right. We, we have to slow this down. Maybe maybe just like really good companions. I like can, I just be, can I just be the cute girl next door? Uh, I mean... My wife, I think, next door, right <laughs> in the next room. So the long in silence had me worried. I was it's, like, he's going <laughs> to say yes. The cat water is just now hitting, guys. Uh. <laughs> oh, the cat water—it's hitting. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Jmo, Mike, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Um, where can people keep up with you guys? Yeah, so thank you for having us. It's always a blast to talk to you. I hope you have us on again. You can find us uh, at www.theoldswitcharoo.com. That's switch A-R-O-O.com. We run a podcast where, once again, like I said, we are trying to get through all 250-plus games in the Nintendo Switch Online Retro Catalog. We've got our season finale episode coming up where we recapped our uh, first 40 games. So if you find that interesting uh, but don't necessarily want to listen to all of them, you know, you can jump in on the season finale. It'd be a great jumping-on point. And don't forget to play along with us. You probably got a Switch, and at the base-level subscription at $20 a year, you probably can play most of the games we're talking about. So fire them up, play along with us, leave us a voicemail, join our Discord, all the social medias, www.theoldswitcheroo.com. Our podcast is on YouTube and anywhere uh, that pods are cast. Mike, I think I covered it, right? Yeah, and I just say, alternatively, we'll, we're going to have a couple laid-back episodes after our season finale. So the yeah, other yeah. option is, here's your chance to go back and catch up before we start season two. Yeah. Um, and be ready to go as soon as we hit the start of season two. Um, in a couple months. Awesome, awesome. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, fire it up. I'm pretty sure I pay for that and just got an e- uh, pay for the switch thing. I'm pretty sure I just got an email that it was renewing, and I was like, I should cancel that, and I completely forgot. So, well, now you got it. So you got to play along with us. <laughs> now I have to play along with you, uh, folks. You can find me, Nick, at uh, on Twitter at that Kaufman, uh, YouTube and uh, Twitch at uh, Nick Fat Knight. Josh, where can the people find you? Anywhere and everywhere, I'm just saying, and our website. Oh, well, now let me do that part, you dingus. Gonna have to edit you. I'm just gonna edit you completely out of the episode, Josh. That's what's gonna happen. I expect that at this point. <laughs> uh, Smashing Game Time, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube Podcasts, and YouTube Proper, where you can see our beautiful faces. Uh, fuck the algorithm, tell a friend. Because word of mouth is king here. Fuck them. Fuck the machines. Uh, we, we do have a website, Smashing Game Time. Go over there. Check out our words. Check out our podcast. Check out the beautiful brick background that I've put up. I laid every brick one by one. So go check it out. Go look at each one of those. Uh, thank you as always to Alex Marvin Clark for our intro and outro song, Hunt Him Down. We've got a link down in the show notes to his SoundCloud. Go check out his music. Go check out his wares. Good guy good music, good times. And then uh, we'll have links to the areas that JMO and Mike mentioned. So go check those out as well. Everybody has been smashing game time. I hope everybody had a smashing great time. We'll see each and every one of you 
next time. <laughs>